Hey everybody, this is Theophilus from TZ Coaching and you're listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Whether you're a dad that stays at home, works from home, or away from home, our roles are essential. To a son, it's an illustration of how life as a man is done, and to a daughter, an example of the type of man to look for in the future. But in either case, a noble father stands firm for what he believes, leads with his actions, and embodies a healthy balance of body, mind, and spirit. He pushes himself hardest and commands his time respectfully because he knows how precious the present is. Join me as we discover what it means to live as a noble father. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Noble Father podcast. Today is July the 24th, four days after my son's birthday. Uh, and we had a, a great time together. Uh, it was uh, it was good to have a uh birthday celebration over here uh, in the morning we spent um, our time together as a family uh, visiting the panda reserve and uh, got to enjoy seeing some uh, wonderful animals um, and then we rounded it off with some dinner with some family and uh, it was great to see family when we uh, you know then we did ice skating right after the dinner and then right after that my kids had a VR session so uh, it was a crazy event, but, uh, you know, that being said, it was a great time together. Um, you know, if you're tuning in and this is your first time, my name is Theophilus. I'm your host. Um, you know, I've been doing this work for a year and a half now, and um, it's been an amazing journey to be able to learn and to grow, uh, you know, because you can't really do anything like this without actually growing yourself. And and so, you know, if you're passionate about helping fathers and you're a father yourself, you know, I, I want you to know that I'm here for you. And... Um, Today's topic is one in which that um, I, you know, have been mulling on. You know, recently I did the lobotomy uh, episode, right? If you haven't heard of that, um, you know, I tie that into how that um, is, um, you know, uh, in in conjunction with the things that we are seeing in our day and age right now. Um, and today is a continuation of that. Um, you know, this video, this podcast is available in video format for the Patreon. Uh, for the Patreons, uh, my patrons on Patreon. And so if you are looking for that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash noblefather. And uh, you'll be able to support my work, but also get exclusive content from me. Um, and, um, you know, I'll provide multiple resources, uh, one of which I'm going to provide from this episode exclusively there. Um, and so if you want to see this in video format, you'd ha- you have that available there. Um, and also, if you're interested in our Thursday meetups, this is where fathers can get together. We meet at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Please do the conversion for yourself. We meet over Zoom, and it's just a great time for us to share uh, together and, and, and to, t- to talk. Today's episode uh, really talks about the inherent differences between um, male and female. Um, and I am a firm believer uh, that there are only two genders. And, um, you know, I am going to present to you the um, my own research and you know by no means am I a biologist or am I a neurologist or a neurophysicist or neuroscientist or whatever but I you know this information is available to everybody Um, and so you know my belief is that truth is truth Uh, it's not subject to your feelings it's not subject to your leanings it's not subject to you know whatever it is that you think or feel um truth is truth and it's unwavering it doesn't bend itself to to that 
And so, you know, this, this, this is available to everybody, you know, like this information is available to everybody. And, and so, you know, if you're the type of, of father or, or, or person that, you know, listens to podcasts on the phone, like on, you know, in the presence of children, I, I, I would, I would tell you maybe this episode may not be a good one. I'm going to be going into some biology stuff. Um, and I really wanted to highlight the, the similarities and the differences between the genders between male and female. Because you know, I, 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 it's hard for me to see this world trying to blur the lines of truth, and and it's just to me, it's just it's so black and white. It's just incredibly black and white. And and yes, I know that there's abnormalities and there's you know defects and all this stuff that you know puts people in different situations. You know, for me, all of it stems back to, you know, our 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 rebellion. You know, our rebellion against you know. Of, of the misuse of free will that was given to us and um and so you know i want to i want to go into this topic today um you know because it, it's one that is very it's, it's obvious you know i learned about this in biology right I, we learn about this in school and we see these differences you know i i'm, I'm a father who's blessed with um you know a, a, a boy and a girl and so you know i have i get to see the the differences between them how they play with one of them how they interact with other people you know what they're interested in and 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 i see the differences and so like whenever and and, you know for me it's like we're made to be different from one another but at the same time we also have similarities that we can use to be together and so i'm going to go into the physiology of 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 the biology of, of of human beings of of male and female and talk about um, the differences between us because you know even just in a sense of of maintaining harmony in a marriage and understanding one another there's there's inherent differences um, and you know in my relationship with my wife you know conflicts all, all, always arise and you know when conflicts like that always arise we always seem to look at each other through our own eyes and through what we think is normal for ourselves you know as in a sense, I'm a male and she's a female. It's like there's no way we're ever gonna be able to see eye to eye on 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 everything. It's there's just there's just no possible way. Um, and so you know, for me, this today I was you know I just had to this week. I just you know there was multiple instances where this was so apparent to me. Um, one of the things that came up this this week was that uh, we went to go see some friends and and it's just uh, it was uh, let me see through four four young families coming together all with kids already young kids and we were sitting around the table drinking tea uh chinese tea and um we were playing games we were playing this game where um you know we had to figure out the trick not the trick you know like um so one of the one of the games was like oh you have to you know um i'm gonna catch butterflies and for some reason you know obviously three, three three of the fathers on the table they knew the trick of it, which was, you know, because um, like he would grab, like it, it just looked like he was randomly grabbing butterflies in the um, in the air, and they all said the same number every single time. So I was like, how are they coordinating this? Like, there's got to be some sort of secret to this, uh, t- to this. Like, how are they? How are they doing this? And and you know, I clued into what the what the reasoning was. 
and, and so pretty much it was so I'm gonna I'm just gonna go to describe it so um, you know picture it as a square and so you know he's reaching for the right corner he's reaching for the middle and then he's reaching for the left and so there I noticed that there was three quadrants and you know and obviously there's nine and so based on where he stops to grab the butterfly would be um, let's just say he grabs you know the top right all right reaches up and reaches the top right and I noticed that and, and I noticed the guys would all say three at the same time I was like oh okay so it was so in that quadrant it was one two three four five six seven eight nine so if he grabs lower right then that's nine butterflies and so you know just a little t tiny little game like that and and um, and I clued in I was like oh that you know and then I said it I was like oh that's five and then and they're like oh he gets it and and my wife and the other ladies took like was just they didn't know they, they, they were taking so long to figure it out um, and, and then that to me was like okay so then um, you know there's there's something there something there is like I've, I'm noticing something different and my wife is not picking up on something that I it, that is very obvious to me um, I'm also very deep thinking not that my wife isn't but just there's there's big differences between us as 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 male and female and we're, we're specifically created that way you know and you know this is where I want to say something right is that I'm going to approach it from top to bottom. Um, but like I said again, um, and, you know, today's episode is going to be a lot different because I'm going to be reading a lot because I've written down a lot of this stuff. I mean, these are facts and stuff that I can't keep in my head and go sequentially without, you know, referencing back to something. The key differences here is that they are extremes on of both sides, right? So this is obviously going to be polarizing and we all fall on our own spectrum for all of these things. And so, you know, not everybody's going to be able to grow a beard. Let's just first, you know, use as an example, you know, maybe they can grow half a beard or something like that. You know, and there's some people that can't grow a beard. That doesn't mean you're not that, right? Like we are all uniquely created. We're differing over infinite spectrums that contribute in their own unique way to make up our uniqueness. Um, from physiology to spiritual differences, seen and unseen, genetically over time, experientially, happenstance that's controlled by God, and infinite dimensions unknown to man. Like we don't, there are things that contribute to who we are today that we have no tangible even understanding of um, how we came to be. Um, you know, for me, and I always say on this podcast, everything is connected. Everything touches upon everything else, and. And how something contributes to who I am today. Goodness, like, where do you draw all that information to get a 100% full picture? Hard to do. This is, I think it's impossible to do. Only God's able to do that. Um, so, you know, I want to start, you know, when I said I want to start from top to bottom, I'm going to start with, you know, the basic levels like DNA, genetics, and then work our way down, right? Uh, and you'll understand what I mean when I, when I start to get going here. So let's just start with DNA and genetics. Genetically, men and women are 98.5% identical. And we even carry the same hormones. Now, the main difference you'll notice is that we, how we utilize the different hormones is different. Um, obviously, for men, we use more testosterone, women, more estrogen. Um, there's a lot of these different variants, uh, but we all have the same hormones. So we're going to go talking, you know, so the next level down, we'll talk about the hair, okay? Um, sex hormones called androgens are what determines the amount of hair that's grown and in what parts of the body they grow on. Beards, for example, grow as a result of testosterone, but factors include a large part, uh, in large part, genetics, age, ethnicity, but also underlying conditions like alopecia, diet, exercise, stress. Stress in the womb, 
how much does that account for where we are and how we hit puberty and what that means for us later on. Diet of the mother while pregnant could also affect this. And so, um, you know, I know a certain father in our group who's looking to grow a beard and, you know, is, is, is struggling to do that as a, as a white Caucasian male. I am Asian. Of, I am of Asian descent. I've never for the life of me been, been able to grow any sort of a beard. Um, I try to grow something when during COVID. <laughs> There's a picture of it, and I'll probably post it into the Patreon just for fun. Um, it, it, it didn't look good. Uh, it looked really raggedy, and um, and and I and frankly, I just got rid of it because it just looks gross, and I get patches of hair here and there on my face, and you know, I've given up on that. It's a lifelong thing of suffering. My wife says, um, but where we grow hair on our bodies. And, you know, women and, and men, it's different. You know, we don't, we don't grow the same hair in, in places of, the, of different lengths. Um, and, you know, here's the bad thing, too, is like, you know, however, you know, more testosterone may mean more facial and body hair for those that can grow those. But it contributes greatly to, you know, baldness later on in life. So, you know, for that, for that father out there, you know, you're, if you're listening to this is like, you know, yeah, you might not be able to grow one now, but maybe you won't be bald later on in life. We don't know. So we have hair differences, right? We have hair similarities. We can all, we can all grow hair, but we also grow hair in different places. So there's differences there. Now let's go to talk about skin. Men have thicker skin than women by about 25%. And I jokingly said figuratively, though, we're more susceptible to emotional damage because we don't know how to verbalize and we, we're, we're just frankly not good at comebacks whenever, you know, we're, we're arguing with women. Um, you know, we probably have thinner metaphorical skin, just as a joke. Um, you know, men have higher densities of protein collagen. Um, you know, how that ties into it um, is, you know, and we'll see this later. I'll talk. I'll talk about this um, in correlation to another another thing later on, um, as well. So let's talk about bones here. Men have denser, stronger bones, tendons, and ligaments than women. So this is highly a factor in athletic performance, right? The same reason that that transgender swimmer was able to go from rank two hundred something to destroying her, destroying the field of women in the college swimming championships. Um, is for this factor alone is like men just have stronger bones and and stronger tendons and ligaments um, and there will be another thing that I, I tie into that later on too you know we also know that the bone structure of a female facilitates childbearing and child rearing so if you haven't if you if you don't know already um, you know and I recommend you do this is to go and look up how a head you know how a baby's head passes through the female pelvis um, you know, because, you know, if this isn't evidence enough for you of our inherent differences between male and female, like, I don't know what other evidence would make you see this fact. Um, male pelvises are just not meant for child rearing. And, you know, there's a really good reason for that. You'll notice that there's, it's an impossibility. There's no way a baby could ever pass through a male pelvis. You just can't. I don't care how your feelings make you feel or, or what people tell you online. It's just not possible. There's never been a man that's been able to give birth to a child. That's just that's just how it is. Um, and no, you know, women don't have bigger butts because of their pelvis. This is because fat distribution in women is different. The lower parts of their body gets fat, which is the hips and the thighs, as opposed to the upper for men, which is our gut. Um, and so, um, 
yeah, I don't know why that's in there. I just kind of put in these random facts that I, you know, I think is relevant to that topic. And then, and then, and now I'm sharing about it. <laughs> so this is a funny go with the flow thing. I, you know, in the, in the time when I'm thinking about it, when I record, it's like my mind shifts to do different places. Um, so, you know, now that we've talked about the hair, we've talked about the skin, we've talked about the bones, let's talk about the brain, right? We're going top down. Um, and this is a huge one, right? Brain is like, and understanding this is what's going to solve so much, um, you know, so many issues out there in this world because we are all so different. Even between men, we are different. Even between females, so different. Um, and because we're all on this spectrum, we're all on varying lengths, wavelengths. We're not, of course, we're not going to see each other. We all grow up different environments, contributing factors of food and diet culture and all this other stuff. Um, the sooner we understand that we have these differences and where some of us lie on this, you know, we can be more merciful and, and, and anyways, I'll just continue. Um, the male brains, male brains are typically 10% larger than females, but the bad news is it doesn't contribute to us being more intelligent. Um, in fact, we are more alike than we are different when it comes to our brains. We also have a larger inferior parietal lobule, which is linked to mathematical problems, estimating time and judging speed. Um, we as in males, um, you know, the connection to athletic ability and many more applications, right, is pretty apparent here. Um, perhaps even a sense of direction is something that, uh, you know, that I've noticed personally between me and my wife and, you know, my dad's interactions with my mom and all this stuff. Um, and from conversations and passing too. This is not to say every single man is great with a sense of direction. Like this is true for me. Um, and, and a lot of this you'll find is that more than likely it'll be true uh, for males uh, and, or, or true for females. You know, like when they said there's a leaning towards, there's a leaning towards. There's, no, there's never going to be a 50-50 all the way down. Um, so specific parts like the hippocampus, which is like the memory portion, has no key differences. But in not having any differences, key differences, there are different, like there are other ways that our brains differ, which is like, you know, so though we don't differ much, how much we use it does differ. Like how it goes to be used by, the, by, by each side is different. For example, it's been shown that men are better at directions because they are more like more able to make the use of the hippocampus than women do. That settles it. Just kidding. I think I just put this in as a joke. So it is a joke. It's it's not oh, just jokingly. Just kidding. Um, so <laughs> you should definitely stop putting stuff like this into the notes because it really screws me up. Um, you know, but there's something to be said about this, right? Because men are safety and security or oriented, you know especially when they have a mate and an offspring like we need to know where we are at all times anticipate what may happen and have an escape ready if there's a situation that requires it now i know this is to be true for myself is that um uh, knowing where you're going is very important you get lost here especially here in china because i, I can't read and i can't write and and communication is an issue. It used to be that I'd get on a bus and just go to places. And when I get lost, I just take out the hotel card and show the taxi driver, and he'd drive me right back. Um, but like you know, even in you know uncertain situations, different places that I've never been before, I'm always sensing where I came from. I know my direction back to the car. I know the direction to get out of here. If anything were to happen, I'd be able to take care of my family. Um, you know, and then, and then there's also things like, you know, men are typically more dominant in an aggressive response. 
like so I mean so an aggressive response is to you know to stressful uh, stimuli is inherent right as opposed to women be more tend and befriend um, when it comes to similar stimuli again that's not to say that women don't fight or flight they also do but many other factors in like like upbringing and many other factors like play into into that um, how our brain structure is between gray and white matter. So women have more gray matter in their brains. Use of gray matter contributes to things like information processing, like information processing to sensory perception and muscle control. So they have, so that's what use of gray matter does. Um, but the interesting thing here is that even though they have more gray matter, they use more white matter, which facilitates information transfer. So the, different, the differences here is that gray matter is information processing white matter is information transfer so women have more gray matter but they use white matter more um, and so for us as males we are more oriented towards the gray matter which is the sensory perception and muscle control right um, so this explains why men are better at task focused projects namely with their hands um, and women excel at language and multitasking and so for myself, you know, I'm being, being blessed with a son and a daughter, like I said, you know, I see how they grow up and I see how they interact and how they conflict with one another and, and the direction they both inherently take outside of parental influence. It's so obvious, um, it, you, know, you know, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but, you know, me growing up, I really just liked the look of things like, you know, like guns, right? Just like the angles of guns and, you know, hyper cars and how the the, the uh, fighter jet looks and the sharp angles of, you know, the teeth on a dinosaur and all this stuff. Whereas my daughter is just like, oh, she can sit down and she have a conversation with herself, have a conversation with her mom and just play tea time. There's a, there's, there's very different ways we interact with our brain. Um, and so in talking about the brain, also, you know, connections within the brain. In analyzing connections within the brain, women tend to have a stronger connection side to side as opposed, you know, which could lead to better intuitive thinking, analyzing and drawing up conclusions. I think it's hilarious drawing up conclusions. You know, I say I say this jokingly and with all due respect, drawing up conclusions, you know, they jump straight to that too. And we do, we try to do this too as men, as men, but I feel like a lot of times we're like, oh, drawing up conclusions. Like you're just, you're just coming up with something. Um, and that gets us in trouble all the time too, right? Whereas for men, on the other hand, we tend to have a stronger connection from front to back. Uh, which can result in heightened perception and stronger motor skills. So this goes back to the athleticism or the fight or flight um, instincts that we have. Um, in, in brain processing patterns, men and women have different chemistries. And so both process the same neurochemicals, but our method of process differs. It's like the way we process it is, is very different. Um, so, for example, serotonin, right, which is connected to happiness and depression, right, does not process the same in women, of course. Um, this could explain why women are more susceptible to anxiety and depression. And this happens in menstruation, right? The fluctuations of, of the hormone during menstruation, the hormones go into imbalance and it swings back and forth. So we're more susceptible we're all susceptible to how our hormones swing us, right? So when serotonin levels drop, higher levels of depression, especially premenstrual, um, start to really, really kick in. Now, this affects us as men too, right? Increased testosterone 
testosterone has been shown to contribute to increased forgetfulness and poor concentration, which to me, when I read that, when I, you know, found that, I was like, wow, okay, that explains a whole lot, right? For myself, especially. And there was an instance where, um, and, and I'll, actually I'll talk, I'll talk on this later because I know that that's later on in the notes. Um, we also know the polarizing sides of testosterone and estrogen, right? Which is more male-oriented testosterone, females more estrogen, right? Their production and levels each contribute to differences in physiological um, development, maintenance, and responses that differ, like very, di like very vastly differ. Um, along with contributions each make to our performance, like physically, emotionally, mentally, socially, like all those things all contribute and combine together to create our results and our reality. Um, and so because of these differences, right, this, this leaves us more inclined to different health impacts and habits. Um, so for men, right, we are more likely to develop an alcohol dependency. Um, you know, because, you know, we wash away or numb away our problems, right? We don't we really don't talk about it much, which is why we have the Thursday meetups. Um, you know, we're three times more likely to be diagnosed with an antisocial personality disorder, right? This is also a no-brainer, right? We have problems, we keep them in. We don't want to be social about it. We'd rather just keep it to ourselves, and it boils up, and then it, it explodes to a disorder. Four times more likely to have autism, twice as likely to develop Parkinson's disease, which is a motor and movement skills disease women on the other hand are twice as likely to have depression twice as likely to develop alzheimer's disease this is in the usa four times more likely to develop ms which is multiple sclerosis a disease that attacks a central nervous system which is the brain and the spine and more likely to have a stroke um and and, and i mean these are these are very these are variances in the way that we and I'm sure if you're married or you have had a former partner, is that there were differences. Like, you can't avoid them. You were not the same. Um, if you have a boy and a, and a girl, you know that there's, there's very big differences between them. You know, and, and, and you know, and I'm, I'm talking boldly here, you know, is that we don't know, we don't fully know, and I don't think we'll ever fully know where this, this, these mental um, you know, this dysphoria that we have now in society comes from, like, where, what is the contributing factor to all this stuff is, you know, is it genetic? Is it passed down through other people? Was there something in there? Is it a deformity? Is there some reason behind that? We don't know. We're, we're, we're never going to get a full picture. Only God knows what that is. But this is just a good sense for you to know that, you know, we're all seeking to be in good health. Uh, and again, I'll touch on that later. And that's probably why I'm talking about it right now. So we've talked about the brain. Um, and so, you know, I want to move into the senses, right? All the senses. Um, and this kind of gives us a, a better sense of how we are different. Um, this is very informational. This, this taught me so much today. Like I've been doing this research for like a week. Um, and I don't typically do research this long. I usually just wing my episodes. But today, I just felt like this is the topic. I want to do it on this. It, it really kept me busy and made me feel very, very productive. And that's been one of the things on this trip that I've struggled with. Um, and so let's talk about the eyes. Um, of course, we already know we see things differently, right? It all, but really, it all starts biologically. Uh, males have 25% higher levels than women of testosterone receptors in their visual, visual cortexes. Where this is where the images are processed. Women are better able to differentiate between colors more finely, right? But men show more sensitivity to find detail and rapidly moving objects. 
And because we're not able to discriminate colors between colors so well, men are more susceptible to being colorblind than women. 7% of men are colorblind compared to 4.4% of women. That's 0.4%, not 4%. And that's 7%, a full 7%. Um, you know, and as I described when talking about the hippocampus, men utilize more of that part. Thus, their direction and spatial awareness is typically better than women. At least for my wife and I, we see things very differently. You could walk me through a space like a mall or a parking lot, and there's a very high likelihood I'd be able to find my way back. Where, where as opposed to my wife, she, she once she once you turn the corner, a few times she's she's already lost. She's not. She's got no sense of direction, no idea where she is, and doesn't recognize any of the landmarks. Like doesn't see the differences in different cars. Like this is very obvious early on for my son as well. My son and my and my mom and my wife, the interaction, you know, in in passing sometimes, um, you know, my son was really heavily into cars, and there'd be times where my son would be like, "Look, mom, look at that car," and to my wife, she's just like, "Where? Which car?" Right? And, and you know, Lamborghini or McLaren sitting next to us, and my son's like, "That car right there? Like, how do you not see it? Like, there's a Lamborghini there," and uh, my son said to my wife, "She's like, he's like, mommy, are you car blind? Car blind?" And uh, and it was it was, it was funny because it was it, it, you know I laughed obviously whenever I heard that in the car, um, but like it 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 really highlights the differences between us. We notice different things and we see it differently, right? To me, and maybe only with specific things actually, because you know for me I could recognize a car a mile away. I know which car it is, what brand, what make it is. You know, even even just it used to be that I could tell from even just the sound that a car would make, um, but then. You know, there's things like flowers. Like I can't identify for the life of me, I can't identify flowers that well. Um, so she's like, "Oh no, that's not that flower." And my wife can identify it. Like, I don't know how that is possible. Um, so maybe that's a consideration in there. Um, I'm going to continue here. You know, although there's something to be said about how much we use certain parts of the brain during our upbringing, um, you know, who knows how much of it has passed down through genetics? Um, you know, for me, growing up. You know, I used to sit in the car and watch my dad drive in Venezuela and Canada. And so when I saw my dad's signal, I would actually shoulder check right away. I was able to read other cars and make estimations about how they were going to react. Um, it was a really strange time for me as a kid, now looking back, because I now know that that wasn't normal at all. Um, and, and, and how much of that accounted for what I see now? How do I interact whenever I drive now? Um, and I can see really like I see very far like I'm looking way ahead when I'm driving and from for you know For my wife whenever she drives It's like she can't even see like two three cars ahead of her sometimes and I'm like dude You didn't see that sign like it was there like Why did you you know, why did you take the wrong turn? You know this stuff comes up all the time and it just causes conflict and now that I'm learning this stuff I am trying I'm I have more grace and more mercy for myself more grace and mercy for my wife and understanding my kids. Um, and this is how that's helped me thus far. And this is only going to make things better for me actually moving forward. Um, you know, so maybe because I use my hippocampus so much whenever, you know, I was watching my dad drive like that, um, you know, directions are easier for me and I can make sense of new environment and navigate it with greater ease. Like the other day we had to go pick up our car, um, my, 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 my father-in-law's car, and he walked me through the parking lot just once, right? And just like, dark and twisted you know twists and turns and everything and how to get down there um i know in my head i can picture it right now of how to find the parking spot that you know the car was parked at um 
So stuff like this is something that, um, you know, explains the differences between us. Again, not that women can't do it. They can do it. Um, but just this is this is the leaning, right? This is what I was talking about, the leaning. Um, uh, do I need to say this part here? Yeah, well, you know, something else I've noticed is that when I'm driving, mind you, I have many more ex- more years and great examples of how to drive. So my dad, um, you know, my eyes see further and perceive more than my wife does, right? I, t- I just said this. You know, how much of that comes from experience? I'm not sure, but there's got to be considerations when it comes to this, right? We've learned how men are task-focused and also how we're able to pick up finer details. So driving is probably in our favor as men. Um, again, this isn't a wide brush. There are women out there who are better than men at driving. Um, yeah, so this is obvious, um, right? We're task focused, and so we can focus on driving, right? We, we once we're in the zone driving, we're just driving, like we're okay. If you want us to have an emotional conversation with that, like we could do it. Um, and there are times where I'm driving, and my kids are talking in the car, and they're having a conversation, and then they ask me, like, "Right, Daddy?" And I'm like, "Huh? What was that?" <laughs> like. We, and, and, and we'll talk about this later uh, because, you know, in our brains, you know, we have different, different, uh, anyways, yeah, we'll have, we have different ways of approaching things. Um, so that's the eyes. And so here's the ears. This is where people, like couples need to pay attention, right? And I say this, and I'm going to reiterate this, right? Um, is that the entire need, the entire thing needs to be drawn to our awareness is that we have no understanding about our differences and we won't know not to take things so personally. Uh, and I'm speaking from example, right? As humans, we like to magnify differences. And when we do, we don't come from a position of understanding, grace, and mercy. No wonder so many relationships and marriages fail. It's because we don't understand the inherent differences of other people. And we view other people from our own lens. And when they don't fit into that, we shut down. And we don't want anything to do with them. And we want to start all over again. Or we want to, you know, and just division just builds and the wedge just gets greater and greater the rift just gets bigger and there's no way to surmount uh, surpass that um so this for myself obviously is a great lesson um so we've covered how our brains are different right in particular the gray and white matter in our brains and this is how we process information to review women have more gray matter but utilize white matter better than men um, which accounts for how effectively women can facilitate information transfer between the entire brain this makes women more attuned to multitasking, especially between senses as well. Um, so, you know, because males are more task focused, we localize our skills, namely being present more technically, right? We're, we're very present with our hands, you know, when we're working with them. Um, to suddenly switch channels to another area like the topic at hand, it, it, it takes great effort to switch between them. This isn't actually for the ear. This is actually for the brain. I'm not sure why I got my messages, my, my notes here mixed up. Um, but, you know, the best analogy I've seen, so let's just switch that topic. We're going to the brains again. Um, you, see, you know, the best analogy that I've heard from this and I got from a very informative video, I will include that in the Patreon exclusively. Um, you know, in it, the presenter talks about the different areas of our brains has boxes in a storage room. We have a box for everything, right? Each box, you know, the box for, you know, the money, box for the car, box for our kids, box for our wife, the kitchen box, we have, you know, the man cave box, like everything has a box. Um, and you, when the need arises, we take out the box and we open it and we deal with it and making sure to not let it touch other boxes. Where as opposed to women, on the other hand, the box is everywhere and they're all touching everything and they're all open and they all, they're all feeding into one another and they just, everything's connected and just without ceasing. 
and and that's and that's so true and he also talks about how we have a nothing box as men um and how we process stress is different right women just like to think about it and just you know think about it and keep thinking about it and you know like talk about it and they just want to get it out of them whereas for men it's just we just like to sit in our nothing box and and when we deal with those stressful things we just roll our eyes and just go through it right um and so you know this now we're tying it back to the the the, the hearing side of things it's that's also been showed shown in studies that when listening women engage both sides of the brain compared to men who are more confined to the left side um, that's not to say people don't like men and i'm a good example of this is you know that that you can channel the right side as well um, this accounts for both auditory and non-auditory cue reception, so like body language and stuff. Um, you know, women, this this means that women are much better listeners than men. Um, again, that's not to say well, all men are like this. I keep saying that. Um, you know, I myself am one of those people that are able to clue into non-auditory clues, not cues. So, you know, this shows itself whenever I hold space for people. Um, you know, and the Zoom calls, I have everybody in gallery view, and I'm paying attention to how everybody is responding. I can tell when somebody really wants to say something or respond um, and then open the space for them. You know, I can recall specific wording. I also call out cues and tells in their communication, um, you know, which is probably why when I was growing up, I described myself as having a female brain, um, which I assure you, if you ask my wife, like she will tell you that I'm a stubborn, I have a stubborn man brain. Um, when compared to her and I completely agree with her uh, there's just subtle there's not subtle obvious differences between how we think as females and males like just there's just difference a big difference um, time and time again when we sit down with couples to have conversation we inevitably end up talking about relationships and marriage dynamics and I can't tell you how validating it is to hear other men agree and validate one another in our differences namely this happened just the other day. This is what I was talking about. Um, we were in an indoor playground with our kids, um, a new young family we just met. Um, we ended up having, uh, you know, just a, a talk about why we don't listen so well, right? And though we're present, it seems like the whole conversation could be going on, but when, when, when they try to draw us back in, it goes completely over our head. And, you know, for me, every time I hear that, I look at my wife and I was like, see, like, I am not the only person that does this. Like, we are in our nothing box or we are dealing with stresses and that box is open right now and we don't have any of the other boxes open if you want to tell me you got to make that switch in my mind in order to get that box back out um obviously in understanding that it doesn't make all, all conflicts go away like it's not going to be smooth sailing from here it still requires work on both sides we each have a responsibility to ourselves um you know the last thing about auditory differences you know i grew up wondering how little girls were so able to play tea time in house Whereas boys just like guns, cars, and sharp objects, you know, and then later on, girls like to have girl talk and gossip, right? And boys just want to flip bottles, uh, sports, and activities that are visually oriented, like like video games, right? So there's inherent differences of how we go about those different areas and those different places and things that we do differently. Um, I'm going to switch over to the nose. Um, the olfactory senses, which is, you know, the smelling senses are more in tuned and sensitive for women uh, this was super intriguing especially during our children's baby phase where my wife could smell a dirty diaper a mile away and i'd always be in denial because i don't smell it or i just didn't want to change it <laughs> so um this happens multiple times like she'd be able to smell it even though i was closer to the baby um and, and what i've learned is that 
just they just have a more sensitive smell um and especially after preg- like during pregnancy and after pregnancy they smell very very well like they're able to smell um very adept at smelling yeah, the difference based on fMRI has shown that the reason that women's sense of smell is better is because of the microcircuitry of the olfactory bulbs is more dense in women. Um, and so they're able to smell uh, things more in tune and be more sensitive to those smells. Skin touch, right? We talked about that men have 25% thicker skin. Um, so this, you know, having thicker skin greatly lowers our sensitivity to touch, right? And so um, this affirms the data that women have more tactile acuity when it comes to touch. So probably where we get the saying touchy-feely, that's probably where that comes from. Um, and by the way, tactile perception um, evens out when women reach 40 years of age, according to a study. Um, so we become even uh, whenever they hit the age of 40, roughly. And parts of the reason they're more tactile maybe because they have smaller fingers as well than men in general, which is also why you'd find women make up more of the space where semiconductors are made by hand. Their smaller fingers enable greater manual dexterity. Sewing probably comes in here too. Um, growing up, I liked getting my ears picked by my mother, um, and I actually still do. And now I know the reason why. She was just really delicate. I don't think I ever asked my dad to do it uh, because he's so rough probably. <laughs> just bigger movements and maybe that that helps me understand whenever i pick my kids ears you know maybe that's why they don't like it so much whenever i do it um to the mouth um women have more taste buds on their tongues and thus can determine the differences between basic taste types of tastes and and this is probably why they enjoy chocolates so much and variances between them chocolates just chocolate to me Um, obviously i can tell the differences between normal white and dark chocolates um but you know you kind of get what i mean um, that being said, we've learned that women have a strong, a better nose, which automatically gives women an edge in palate sensitivity. So, without a sense of smell, you're not able to taste. Um, and so, because women are able to are, are, have more sensitive smells, they're more able to, you know, have you know, to to taste better. It's just it's just a a plus b, um, you know. And and I think one belief is that women are a, are better able to survive with this skill because it helped them determine which foods were poisonous, spoiled, or poison or dangerous for them and their children to eat. Um, they've also found that pregnant women are more sensitive to taste, which makes uh, which makes sense because of the fragile state of the baby in the womb, and the mother just needs to eat right and well to take care of the baby properly. Um, men, on the other hand, have canines and incisors with large, larger diameters in contrast to women. So this makes our teeth look square and bulkier, which is probably why we love to eat meat so much. Um, we, we, we are created so uniquely that we can use teeth to identify a body, to find an estimation about the age, identify the person it belongs to. Um, it can also identify whether a person was female or male, whether they were healthy or not. Um, and we use this in, in, in forensics, right? Uh, my grandmother certainly did whenever she was the head of forensics in, in, in Guangzhou. Um, and, um, and so, you know, muscles and ligaments, right? I think we've, that's, all the, that's all the senses there. Um, muscles and ligaments, you know, because men are, greater, are given greater levels of testosterone, have larger and stronger muscles with greater potential for muscle development. So we have a higher ceiling. Um, and it also it also differs in how we uh, metabolize energy, right? We have higher energy metabolism than women, and the pom- you know, composition of fibers and the contractile speed in which they move is far quicker. So this means we're able to output more maximum power than female muscles. Um, 
And so due to another sex hormone called relaxin in women, plays a role in ligament and tendon laxity. This allows women to be generally more supple than men. So just think yoga, right? They're able to move and be more flexible. And, and actually this makes sense even for the childbearing, right? Is that um, the flexibility allows the, the pelvis to expand, to bones to expand for the baby to fit into the womb, right? To fit in the belly and all this stuff. Like it all plays into the, the part, right? Not that men don't have relaxant in their bodies. We just don't produce as much of it for biological reproductive reasons. Um, hearts, um, so our hearts, right? The female heart is one-fourth smaller than the male heart. And this has physical contributions to activity, fight or flight, and many others. Uh, women have lower peak heart rates, so men's heart rates typically rise faster during exercise and slow quicker afterward. Um, and so this is, you know, the fight or flight response. Um, men have, so because we have a bigger heart, obviously we have more red blood cells than women. Um, women also have lower blood pressure than men. And this is regardless of race or ethnicity. So it's interesting because all this, all these differences and similarities, this isn't only true for like, you know, white females and white males. This is true for like Chinese females, Chinese males. This is true for African females, African males. This is true for uh, Middle Eastern men, Middle Eastern women. Like this is this is true throughout. Like these are the differences we all have, um, and that's non-negotiable. It, it doesn't change. Anyways, I digress. Um, this also means our stress response varies greatly. In women, their pulse rate rises, leading to more blood being pumped. But for men, our arteries constrict, which leads to a rise in blood pressure. So, you know, I see this in our fathers too. Is a lot of them, you know do deal with high blood pressure. And this is one of the reasons why. It's just biolog biologically, that's just how we do things. Uh, and this is how our, how our body functions. And so, you know, if we don't get exercise as men and we clog our arteries with all this fast food and all these fatty acids, um, well, uh, anytime stress comes, we're just not gonna be as able to deal with it. And that makes sense, right? Because if we wanna have a quick fight or, fight or, fight or flight response, you wanna be quick. But if you can't even be quick because a little bit of a constriction in your arteries leads to high blood pressure, well then, you know, we're obviously going to get into difficult situations uh, whenever stuff like that arises. Um, and this is why sudden cardiac death is more common in men. Uh, men diagnosed with heart disease, or heart, disease, heart disease are about 10 years younger than women diagnosed sim similarly. So this is due to symptoms being less identifiable in women. Um, and also just we just as men we just don't take care of ourselves as well right it's just just that that's just simple um, for this next part um, before I go into the next part I want to play a clip um, and this is this is about as unequivocal truth as you could could like it this is one of my favorite movies growing up it still is if you've never watched it it's called kindergarten cop Arnold Schwarzenegger Okay, we can go. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. <laughs> I always think, like, you know, this is truth. Like, this is all there is. Like, why are we, we aren't, there's nothing to negotiate. You know, I think that pretty much wraps up that, right? It's like, okay, boys have this, girls have this. And again, I said before, accounting for abnormalities, there's going to be that there's going to be genetic defects whenever it comes to this stuff. That's not 
that's not for the majority. Okay, that's for those 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 situations, right? Um, uh, you know, and and here's the thing: is that no one before they're born comes out saying I want to be a boy, or comes out saying I want to be a girl, like or even have those thoughts inside the womb. It's just not possible. Somewhere along the way, we get lost. Um, so you can understand how you teaching this to a child at an early age is when they're so malleable is like is so wrong. It's just inherently wrong. Um, so anybody who's like trying to free and liberate kids because they're not able to think and feel this way, like, dude, your feelings don't change the truth. I'm sorry. Um, and, and I'll probably get roasted for that, but, you know, I, I frankly don't care anymore. Um, you know, so if you need a quick, you know, biology lesson, I'm going to tell you how the sexes are determined in the womb, right? You got everybody knows what chromosomes are. If you don't know what chromosomes are, um, go look it up. I'm not going to tell you what they are. Um, so outside of nor abnormalities, a male contributes X and Y chromosomes, and females contribute X and X chromosomes. So the male typically contributes either of the two, which is gives an X or it gives a Y. Um, and the mothers can only contribute an X. So if a, a male contributes an X and the female gives an X, which is the only X that she can give, two X's makes a girl. But if the male gives a Y, then suddenly you have an X and a Y, which is what creates a boy. It's mathematics. It's all, it's very simple. And that's how, you know, it's, it's determined. Um, this is non-negotiable. Like there's nowhere where sperm or eggs get feelings or desires to want to be this or that gender. Um, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry. Like this is just how it is. This is how biology happens. This is how sex is, is determined, not your feelings, not what you think. It's not what, you know, somebody tells you. It's not what the school teaches you. This is not, this is how it's determined. Um, External genitalia start out at the at, at the indifferent stage, which is eight to nine weeks into gestation, um, and then grow differentially into a penis or a clitoris. Um, so they don't fully form until seventeen or eighteen weeks of gestation. This is one of the this is one of the lessons that I learned and I still remembered from sex ed: the penis and clitoris lesson. Um, you can do your own research into how each develop on your own time. I'm not going to give you the details. Um, so just know that. The clitoris, if it was to be a male, that that external genitalia would have formed into a penis rather than forming into a, a, a vagina. You can you can go and have a look. Um, and so you know, I, I wanted to give out just some more you know notable differences between us. The second longest finger for most women is next to their thumb, so that means it's the index finger. <clears throat> but for men. They're the opposite. We usually have the ring fingers next to the pinky longer than the index finger. I know for a fact that that's true for me. So you can see slightly that my 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 ring finger is longer than my index finger. That's not to say that you're not a male because your ring finger is not longer than your index finger. Like I said, it's on a spectrum. You could have it longer. This is just how things are made. More often than not, <coughs> more often than not, this is what would tell. Mm. Excuse me. <clears throat> Women's circadian rhythms is more likely to be short of a 24-hour period, which is often by six minutes, short of a full day. Men are more likely to be night owls, 
And so most interestingly is women function better during periods of sleep deprivation. I know for a fact that is true because I just, I was terrible at it. I was really not good with it with my son and with my daughter when they were young. It was, I was just, it was just not. And we made it work for ourselves, right? <clears throat> I wasn't, I wasn't great during those sleep deprivation, deprivation times. My wife was very capable of doing that. And, and that's just her. She, we helped each other compensate in that. During exercise, women's primary fuel is fat. For men, it's carbohydrates. Um, men have the pronounced Adam's apple, right? And this is because of the surrounding cartilage on our larger voice boxes. It gives us that protrusion in most cases. Now, mine doesn't stick out so much, but I can feel it in there. I can feel that in there compared to my wife's throat. And that's not to say that I choke or anything. But I, you know, I, I've, I, I know my wife's body, all right? Let's just be, let's just be real. Um, men are also less likely to seek regular medical checkups, right? And we know this to be true. Um, and when we do see the doctor, we're more likely to hide or lie about, lie about our symptoms, right? Um, we already don't talk well as men. Like we just don't share our problems easily. And so it's no wonder that, you know, it is what it is. Um, I know this to be true for some of the fathers in my group as well. There's just that we just don't talk well. We just don't share well our feelings. Um, and, and it comes out, it comes out like this. And that's why we get ourselves into trouble, right? It's usually too late by the time we find out that there's an issue. Um, and that needs to change, right? And this is a message for myself. This is a message for you and all the other fathers out there that are listening to this or men that are listening to this. Um, I said, it's no good holding it in. It doesn't, doesn't serve us. Um, men are less sensitive to cold temperatures, right? And so this goes back to the thicker, the thicker skin thing. And I only added this in there because, you know, I like to do cold dips and, and it's no wonder I like it, right? Is, you know, I'm less sensitive to the cold temperatures because I have thicker skin. Um, so, you know, I wanted to give my, my, my final remarks, right? Is that, you know, I've told about the similarities, right? We're, we're pretty much identical, um, you know, 98.4% genetically identical, right? And, and, you know, but we have differences, like those differences is a lot, like there, we have differences. And I want to say that we need to celebrate them, like we need to acknowledge that they're different. And we also need to like, be aware that be aware of them in ourselves and in others. Um, because when we go to observe somebody else, and we try to look at them through our own lens, and what we know to be truth for ourselves, and they not fit into that, it can be very polarizing, it can be very antagonistic. And, and, and in that sense, we need to give each other grace, right? We're not all on extremes, like we're not all on extremes of growing body here, we're not all on extremes of, of, of different parts of our bodies, like, um, there's a give take, right? That I'm better in some areas than you are in other areas, like I'm not as big as Shaquille O'Neal, you know, because he's been blessed in other areas, and I'm not and, and there's differences and these differences are there for a reason like we compensate for each other like i said right in more ways than we care to admit um and, and we all have something to contribute to the future right whether that's good or bad right whether it's good or bad when i say whether it's good or bad is that bad also contributes to a purpose that it fulfills a purpose later on um so that's just, that's not to say that that justifies how you should be um if you're not doing doing good but also to know that there is grace for the things that you've done in the past and that, and I, that I've done in the past. I've seen that in my own life. Um, 
you know, one thing we can rely on is that we all seek to be physically, mentally, and emotionally, socially, spiritually, and vocationally healthy. So when any of these things fall off and are neglected, we they all have a wick. It has a wick that slowly takes down towards complete failure. Um, and so what we're seeing today is a culmination of this neglect, and it's manifesting in ways we can't even comprehend. Um, like I always say, it's always connected. Um, and your health as a father is connected to the health of your children and, and their future. And I strongly believe that how we lead in the family impacts how the world is changed for the better. Um, and, and, and I, you know, I hope that this, this information helps you to understand that we are different. We're meant to be different. And there's a reason why it's only two. There's only two genders. Like the, that's, that's just, that's, just the crux of it. If, it, if there's anything you need to know, is that we are specifically created this way, and we only need each other. That's it. And, and if you, you know, and for this stuff that's out there, you know, like there's, a, I think a ton of it has to do with mental health. It just has to do with mental health, and 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 this isn't something that I see here in in China. Like I don't see a lot of this stuff that's plaguing us as a Western society here in China. I'm sure it's even less in other places, right? Because, you know, China is is still quite progressive for where it is, maybe just in the city that I'm in. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just, it, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, it, it, quite, it quite frequently just blows my mind. Um, so, you know, I hope this helps you understand your partner, helps you understand your children, helps you understand yourself a little bit better. Um, these differences are to be celebrated and to give each other grace you know i wonder how many of these things has caused people to divorce because they just got into their head that this is just this is how they are um right you know we have habits right we the habits that we hold as fathers have direct impact on the habits of our children and so everything we do as children has a direct contribution and impact on the world around us and so that's not just in our care but others in the world as well um right it's not just our children, how we lead in the family, how we lead as men impact our world as well. And so I hope this, this, this podcast finds you well. Um, this isn't the run-of-the-mill podcast episodes I like to do. I typically like to flow. And so there was a bit of reading off of the script today, but this is mainly because there are facts and stuff. And, and usually when I take notes, I just write out how I usually say them. And so that's, that's kind of how this episode came up to be. Um, Thank you for joining me, really. Um, I hope it finds you well. And until next time, bye for now. Please show your support for the Noble Father podcast by recommending the podcast to your family and friends. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and a review. And also, if you know a father who is interested in a regular meetup every week where they can show up authentically and share the best parts of themselves, some of the struggles they're going through, some of the wins that they have, and even some lessons to bless other fathers with, and um, also have them in our Facebook community, um, just a bunch of men who genuinely care about one another and just share space and hold it for one another. Thank you very much for listening to the Noble Father Podcast. Until next time, bye for now.